0: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to our teaching this week. I am Pastor Bobby. I'm bummed that we couldn't be together in person today because of the rain, but I hope that our time in the scriptures over the next few minutes will be a blessing to you. This week, we are finishing up our look at Acts chapter 2. We'll be in the last few verses of this chapter. And before I read our verses for today, just a little recap of where we've been. If you remember, Jesus commissioned his disciples before he ascended to heaven, told them to stay. And to wait in Jerusalem for the Spirit And at the beginning of Acts chapter 2 we see that they did just that They were waiting together and God's Spirit was poured out on them They began uh, speaking and declaring the wonders of God In languages that weren't their own But languages that all these different Jews Who had gathered in Jerusalem for the Feast of Pentecost heard in their own languages, Jews from different parts of the world, different cultures that spoke different languages. They heard the wonders of God and they came and they they asked, what's going on here? Tell us more. And Peter stood up and began to preach and he preached about Jesus and declared to them who this Jesus was, that he is and he is the Messiah That they had been waiting for, that their scriptures had been prophesying about for hundreds and hundreds of years. And we see at the end of Peter's message that the people who were standing there listening to him preach were cut to the heart, as Luke tells us. They were cut to the heart and they wanted to know what they could do. How did they respond? And we see thousands and thousands of Jews baptized and put their faith in Jesus Christ as their Messiah. And so as Luke ends this chapter, he gives us a summary statement about what's going on and and what the church in Jerusalem looked like at this point. So let me read these verses to you, starting in verse 42 of chapter 2. Luke writes, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship Praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who are being saved. Churches are known for things, aren't they? Churches are known for what they care about, what their practices are like, what their people are like. You've probably had these conversations with family members, with friends, describing particular churches, churches. Churches that you've attended, churches that are in your neighborhood, churches that maybe your family or friends are asking about, you know, churches where you say the teaching is really solid, churches where the people are so caring and loving, churches where the youth program is fun and engaging, churches that are really involved in their community. And these descriptions go on and on and on. Well, that's what Luke is describing here at the end of chapter two, what this Jerusalem church is like. And Luke, if you remember, is describing this for a man named Theophilus. Luke is saying, this is who they were. This is what they were about. What I want us to see over the next few minutes is this. When God's people are devoted to him and to each other, we stand out in this world. It's very simple, isn't it? When God's people are devoted to him and to each other, we stand out in this world. This is an opportunity that I want to take to talk to you about why we do what we do at Soma Northwest Church. And I hope it's an encouragement to you as we keep moving forward together. This Jerusalem church was devoted to two things. Luke says they were devoted to the apostles' teaching And to fellowship. Their devotion to those two things produced a really good outcome for them. The apostles' teaching included the Jewish scriptures, the teachings of Jesus, and revelations that the apostles received from the Spirit. Now, remember, all of this that we're reading took place within the year Jesus died, resurrected, and ascended to heaven. These apostles that are mentioned here are the disciples who walked, talked, and lived with Jesus. These were the men who Jesus told, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. In the Great Commission, Jesus told his disciples that they were to make disciples by baptizing and teaching. And we see here in Acts chapter 2, that's exactly what they did. This community was committed to receiving and living the truth of God revealed by the scriptures. And so are we. Everything that we believe as a church and practice is rooted in the scriptures because it's through the truth that the spirit transforms us. Remember in John chapter 17, Jesus prayed to his father on behalf of his disciples, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. That's why we talk so much about truth versus lies, because that's the heart of the battle we're in. Lies, half-truths, and deception are the primary weapons of the devil and what drives all of the ills of our world. Truth is life. Truth is freedom. Truth is security. Our devotion to the truth, has and will take many forms within our church community. Preaching and teaching, opportunities for people to stand in our public gatherings and share what God is doing in their lives and how the word of God is getting in them and coming out of them. Equipping, as we we equip each other for the work of the ministry, both in our church and in our community. The studies that we engage in, Bible studies, book discussions, it's the elder's responsibility to teach, but that doesn't exclude anybody else from teaching. This is an all skate, you know? We are all being called to live into the truth, to take the truth and get the truth in us and speak the truth to one another. This community was devoted to the truth. And so are we. This community was also devoted. Luke writes to the to fellowship. This is the Greek word that maybe some of you are familiar with, koinonia. It's a word that means sharing, participation together. And this participation looked like several different things in this church community. Luke tells us that part of this fellowship was the breaking of bread. And prayer. This is most likely a reference to the worship gatherings of this church community. These Christians came together in different homes on the first day of the week because that was the day Jesus rose from the dead. And when they came together, they shared a common meal. They offered up prayers. They sang songs. And the focal point of these gatherings was the Lord's Supper or communion, the bread. And the wine. The tenor of these gatherings was celebratory. Their worship centered around the victory of Jesus' resurrection and the new reality they were living in because of it. They shared in new life, and these gatherings reflected that understanding and that reality. I mean, just think about this. This was a church made up of Jews who had been taught that the Messiah was coming. And now they believed that Jesus was the Messiah, that he had come, that he had inaugurated a new age, a new reality, a new way of being. No wonder they were (laughs) excited. No wonder these were times of celebration and victory. Luke's commentary in verse 46 is really significant. All of this happened with glad and sincere hearts. When they gathered together, there was a realness to their gatherings. You know, part of this is definitely the Spirit's work in bringing people together. But I think another important part is how people choose to worship together. Since our beginning as a church, we've focused on gathering in smaller groups in one another's homes, sharing a meal, and fellowship. Now, I get it. This isn't always the easiest thing to do. Sometimes our schedules make it difficult. Sometimes the number of small kids makes it challenging. But it's one of the best environments to cultivate friendships and to get to know one another. This is also why we've made the very intentional choice to make our Sunday gathering as relationally encouraging as possible. It's not a concert. It's not a lecture. It's not a show that we attend. It's not my thing or Tamisa's thing. We all share in this, volunteering, using our gifts and our skills, different people up front speaking, praying, teaching, singing. The bottom line is this. Church is relational. The body of Jesus Christ is made up of people. We're not committing to an idea or a cause or a club. We're committing to follow Jesus together. And everything that we do as a church community, when we come together, should reflect that reality that we are a relational body that we are in relationship with God himself. And it's because of this kind of relationship that Luke records this early church, this Jerusalem church, was so willing to meet each other's needs. Look at verses 44 and 45 again. All the believers were together, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Nobody claimed exclusive right to their possessions. If someone was in need, they'd sell their stuff to meet that need. How beautiful is that, right? I mean, how freeing is that? These weren't people who were living in greediness. These weren't people who were hoarding all they could. Could get for themselves. These were people. These people. Saw other people in need. And their first reaction was to sell what they owned. To meet that need. Again, this is living out what Jesus taught, meeting needs like Jesus met needs. This was the common ongoing practice of this community of Christians because of the bond they shared in Jesus and their devotion to each other. This was just natural. You know, I've never been around a group of people as generous with their possessions, their time themselves. As our Soma Northwest community, it's a generosity that doesn't come from guilt, but from a conviction that those among us should always have what they need. Jody and I have been the recipients of this numerous times, and each time we have seen Jesus in your generosity, it's real. This is what it means to experience Christ in our humanity. And that's where I want to close today. Luke's description of the type of community this Jerusalem church was also comes with the effect they had on the city around them. Luke wrote that they enjoyed the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily. Again, Listen to this. When God's people are devoted to him and to each other, we stand out in this world. It's, it's so simple. We want to reach our neighbors. We want to reach our friends. We want to reach our co-workers. We want to have an impact on our city and bring about good. Then let's continue to be devoted to God's truth and to fellowship with each other. God has Blessed this. God has honored this in our church community, and He will continue to do that. This is the best thing that we can do for our city. Here in Acts chapter 2, this kind of living engendered favor and blessing from those on the outside. People saw this community, a community that was committed to truth, a community that was committed to each other and meeting each other's needs, a community that was real, that was genuine, that wasn't fake or pretentious, and people wanted to be a part of that. How could you not want to be a part of that? But in other places in the book of Acts, we see that this same kind of living brings ridicule. It brings persecution. It separates and it divides. Either way. One thing is true: Jesus is seen. This reminds me of John chapter 13: 34 and 35. This is Jesus' words coming to life. When Jesus' disciples love each other, like Jesus loved them, everyone will know they follow Jesus. Folks, we don't need bells and whistles. We don't need the best production. We don't need the most cutting-edge ministry strategies. We just need to keep doing what we've been doing. We need to keep listening to the Spirit, moving when and where He moves, committing to the truth, and allowing that truth to transform us, loving each other, serving each other, laying our lives down for each other, meeting each other's needs. That's the realest thing in this world. That's the the most genuine kind of life that we could live. And I pray that God makes this true of us as we continue to trust him and we continue to follow him together. Peace be with you this week.